Hey, so I don't know you personally, but I do know that you probably have a loaded day ahead. I have a question for you though. When you say you have a busy day, what do you really mean? Is it that you have too many meetings on your calendar? Or is it that you have many tasks on your to-do list? Although the actual contents of the meeting might be hollow, we at least know what to expect with meetings with respect to time. If it's a one-hour meeting, it's one hour gone from your schedule. And if it's a 45-minute, it's still one hour, but you get my point. To-do lists, on the other hand, are something more mystical. Your tasks are neatly listed down one after the other. Unlike meetings, you don't know how long they'll take. But you feel like you've seized the day anyway. So there's a psychology at play when why people adopted to-do lists, right? Uh, the... The joy of checking box a task and it disappears, right? That's Sachin Jaiswal. He works as the Director of Product Management at Swiggy, one of India's largest and most popular startups operating in the food tech and Q-commerce space. You can either check off boxes off your digital to-do list or release some dopamine by scratching out completed tasks from your physical to-do lists. But to-do lists are deceptive. They're bigger than they seem. Sometimes they're smaller than they seem. And they come with different priorities. And as we'll figure in the episode, they come with a lot of baggage too. So by having a to-do list, are you setting up yourself for failure with your day-to-day tasks? Now, Cost to Company isn't a podcast on productivity. It's a podcast about careers in workplaces. And here's where the distinction plays out. Say you're working from home and feel that you're the master of your own time and you can do pretty much whatever you like, barring a few meetings here and there. You're kind of wrong. Time is a shared resource within the company. It's something that belongs to everyone. You share your to-do lists or your tasks with others too, of course. My task last week was to send these recordings, the one that you're hearing right now, to a sound editor Rajiv. But you also shared time. If I send these files to Rajiv later than our agreed deadline, it would lead to a bit of a mess. The quality of the episode would drop, you, the listener, wouldn't be happy, neither would my boss, and that would ultimately affect our monetization efforts. The idea of personal productivity has actual ramifications in the workplace. In this episode of Cost to Company, we'll be speaking to three people, a tech lawyer, a new age founder, an ex-founder, to see what works for people and naturally the teams they're a part of, listing tasks or tracking time. Welcome to Cost to Company, a podcast on careers and workplaces by The Ken. I'm your host, Srivar. Folks, before we dive deeper into other perspectives, let's understand why we track things in the first place. Why do we want to plan ahead? Why do we create these complex or not so complex systems, which we'll be hearing a lot about throughout the course of this episode? I mean, even if you don't plan your day, 
chances are that you still complete your task, right? But see, most of us don't love living on the edge on a day-to-day -day basis. And that's because having a grip over something gives us fulfillment. It gives us purpose. Knowing what your day looks like gives us joy. An underrated sort of joy. But sometimes, this very sense of fulfillment, this very sense of joy, leads to the illusion of control. You think you have everything sorted, but your days keep slipping away. I've kind of dabbled with several tools um, and kind of realized that I'm an analog person. That's Arpita Desai. She's a lawyer by profession and works in the tech law and policy space. She's worked with reputed law firms like Shardul Amarchand Mangaldas and Trilegal in India and is currently living in Boston, working with a major player in the crypto space. And as she just confessed, is an analog person living in the digital world. And I kind of love taking things off my list um, with a pen. Uh, and that list did start off as um, one long list. This love that Arpita speaks about taking things off a list isn't uncommon. In fact, it's one of the main things that people look for when they create these to-do lists. The task itself isn't as important as getting it done is. The dopamine hit. It's a dopamine hit that unfortunately has some unintended consequences. But I think what I kind of um, found challenging was that things on the bottom of the list, which might have been high priority, would not get my attention. Um, so I think that um, that led to like a lot of like missing deadlines or just not being on top of things. Daniel Markowitz talks about this phenomenon in an article for the Harvard Business Review. He calls this heterogeneous prioritization and heterogeneous complexity, which is basically where he says that you'll invariably focus on tasks that are shorter and easier to do. You won't even have to try your brain will just do it for you. And why? Because your brain loves the dopamine hit too. I mean, it's practically where it's happening anyway. And as a result, the stuff that's carrying the weight, the heavy priority tasks, keep sliding away, keep sinking to the bottom of your already long list until it's too late. Arpita told me that she kind of found a solution to this. Um, which is why I created these buckets just so I know what has to be done for each um, each bucket and kind of putting high priority tasks on the top. She's using the zoning approach to ensure that her list doesn't go on and on. She's created zones for her professional, private and academic tasks. But see, I wasn't too convinced. I was a little skeptical with this whole thing because this is the right solution to the wrong problem. And that's because these tasks still lacked context. One key thing that is a shared resource in the organization, something that we discussed in the beginning of the episode, time. Give me a perspective on how time comes into this, uh, into the analog world. Because digitally what works is that you you know that you know you can track the time of this as well. You can put this in a calendar. You know, last week I did this, so this took me this much time. How do you do this in the analog world? That's a great question. And I don't think I've thought about that as much. Um, but I do find 
like when I'm kind of setting up meetings or when I know that a task is fast approaching, um, in my head, I kind of estimate how long it takes. Mm -hmm. Um, So if I know that I have to do an assignment, which is say 500 words, I can probably churn that out in an hour. These tasks are segregated into what category they fall into. But the question about how much time these tasks will take is still missing. That sounded a bit too risky for me, if I'm being totally honest. Um, and yes, this this kind this approach always doesn't work because maybe I realize that I do need more time. Uh, but uh, it, I kind of like it's like a work in progress for me to understand where my limitations uh, come into the picture. To combat this, Arpita did try out other apps as well, but you know her by now. So again. As I said, I'm an I'm an analog person, and it it kind of just registers in my brain if something is on paper. So she tried another technique, a cousin of the to-do list, if you may. It's called bullet journaling. Bullet journaling is probably like a really uh, famous way of getting things done, um, and there's like an index to this uh, bullet journaling method where. You have certain tasks and um, once you're done, you kind of use the key to uh, mark them as done. Um, Or you could kind of like carry it over and kind of have another kind of symbol for that. Um, But you stopped doing that. Yeah, I think that it also kind of became, became like a creative exercise. And a lot of people use like really like pretty bullet journaling and it's it's more of like an art project for some people. We're at an interesting inflection point. Productivity has become a craft. It's become an art project. But I think things just kind of like got so busy and hectic um, that I, I just, I kind of just lost touch with doing bullet journaling. Um, and again, like for bullet journaling, you you have to constantly be on top of it. So if personal productivity has become so commoditized, confusing and daunting, as Arpita told us, I'm sure that's not good news for organizations, for teams, for growth. Let's find out more after the short break. Hi there, I'm Snegda from the Ken's podcast team. I hope you're enjoying this episode. We are eager to hear your thoughts on it. So please do write to us at podcast at theken.com. It is T-H-E hyphen K-E-N dot com. Also, we would love for you to share with us any interesting ideas, stories, experiences and observations that you think we should take up on cost to company. We want to build a cost to company community and we want you to be a part of this show. And for that reason, we have created a special type form for you to fill out. You'll find it linked to the show notes of this episode. Also, if you're liking this show, please do click on follow and rate us on whatever podcast platform you're tuned into. If you're listening to this on Spotify, you can press the bell icon so that next time we drop a new episode, you will get notified. You can do the same on Apple Podcasts. Just click on the plus symbol on the top right corner of the podcast page. It'll take you a second. Thank you in advance and now back to the episode. I've started doing something where 
I'm just sitting and not doing anything. That's Tara Khandelwal. She's based out of Mumbai. She's the founder of Bound, which is in the literary and audio space. Previously, she's worked with Bloomberg Quint and Penguin Random House, one of the most prolific publishers in the world. Bound is an early stage startup, so she naturally expects her team to go beyond the first order for the day-to-day tasks, although that's not without breaks and leisure time. She has a unique way of managing her own schedule, which in turn affects the way her employees spend time. Work fills up the time. Like I can spend 10 days making one social media post. We can't not talk about Parkinson's law when discussing the relationship between work and time. So the Parkinson's law is simple. It's an observation that states that work expands to fill the period of time available for its completion. In other words, people adjust their pace to the workload and the amount of time they have to finish it. So while lists have no aspect of time attached to them, you should be very careful while setting deadlines. As I understand it, Tara has a unique way to solve this problem. I do everything on Excel. And then I have different tabs, right? <laughs> so I actually have a very complex way of uh, coding my time, which sort of like is a very sort, which works for me. And it, it has, it's a mix of both flexible and, you know, um, not flexible. Um, so in a larger picture, if I'm thinking about it, I'll, I'll, I'll zoom out and I'll say, okay, month to month. So, okay, November I'm focusing and, and I'll, I think month to month. And I, at one point, uh, in time only have sort of like three major buckets. I call them buckets in my head. So it's sort of like those three major like goals or three major areas in which you're working on and everything else is below that and it's sort of already operational and already sort of functioning. So let's say for December, Tara wants to focus on sales, business development and customer support. She'll put this on an Excel document and color-coded. But businesses, especially small ones, don't always work in such a structured way, right? I mean, pardon my French, but you never really know when shit hits the ceiling. How do you know for a fact that you'll only look at three things in the next month? Can you really plan the unplanned? So to combat this, she's created rituals. The weekly review, the daily stand-up, the bi-weekly edit. And whatever else is happening, be it the three focus areas or whenever stuff hits the ceilings, she leaves room for that in her calendar. Tara knows that the Parkinson's law exists, so she just works her way around it. See, you can color Excel sheets all you want. Does her team like operating in this manner too? I mean, when does it stop becoming a task tracker and start becoming a waste of time? Oh, uh, wait, sorry. I'm like, it's a very no, loaded no, question. Like, it how is, it is. Better. That, that is unfortunately how uh, the journalists at the can have been trained. <laughs> so, <laughs> wow. Honestly, I think that's a very difficult question because that's the main. I mean, that's the thing that we're all struggling with. It's very interesting this whole buckets thing. But how does this function for people? Like, do you encourage other people also to? Because see, everybody works on their own. They have or everybody has their own sort of style of working. But how do you, as an entrepreneur, ensure that? Okay, people are sort of in sync with me. Yeah, so I encourage this bucket mentality and this like process size like reviews and like, you know, like uh, 
uh, sort of certain things at certain times every week and every day and then other times where you can um have these sort of three big focuses on which you're working on that you sort of go for you know so i encourage everybody in my team also to think of things in terms of three buckets because what i'm finding personally is people find it very difficult to prioritize tara encourages a team with this mentality of three large focus areas but it doesn't work always because her subordinates work with more depth and less breadth I work solely as a audio host and producer. My COO works with growth, product design and audio too. And as we've understood even from Arpita's example that people are always trying to get better at how they handle their tasks. Okay, so let's do a quick recap here. Arpita, the analog person whom we heard from a few minutes ago, tried digital trackers, she tried the classic to-do list, the zoning to-do lists and bullet journals. All of these are derivatives of the normal to-do list, but none of them really worked for Arpita because it really couldn't help her prioritize. Tara, on the other hand, does this interesting Excel color-coded bucket focus tracker. It sounds kind of complicated, which works great for her, but it's not always the tool of choice for her team. So, is there really an approach that works for everyone? it's a democratic leadership that i believe in um it's a you know everyone is free to choose the tool of their choice that's sachin jaiswal whom we heard briefly at the beginning of the episode he's the director of product management at swiggy let's understand from him as to what his team at swiggy looks like so this is a cross functional team i uh, it's a matrix structure there's i lead the product charter and there are like four prod pms report to me but then there is a 21 people tech team um and then a, a research team of about five people and uh, and then of course there are design etc etc but broadly uh, my i'm a product leader and i uh, my focus is to just create vision for the product opportunities before speaking to sachin on how him and his team get things done at swiggy which is at a very interesting stage in their life cycle it's important to know that sachin was a founder at a multi million dollar startup called nikki.ai until he quit one of the underlying reasons why that i was terribly inept uh, at what i was doing as 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 a ceo of a company which you know um was set out to build something uh, big i could not take care of uh, of the huge influx of tasks that they were right especially being the ceo of a company i have one question was it the influx of tasks or was that your time had reduced i don't think it was ki uh time nahi hai it was just the inability to manage that task so at his previous startup sachin used the humble to do list to manage the tasks he thought it was a reasonable way of going along with things until he noticed that there was a trigger point something massive happened that changed his world view as he says okay story time the reason why i wanted to be a little more planned was because i was sitting in that office and really not able to figure out what the hell to do my co-founder shishir had asked me uh, that we need to send this mis to to our investors mis as in management information system 
which helps in the visualization and analysis of an organization's systems and functions. It's like a cheat sheet that VCs use for due diligence and compliance. Because they are considering a bridge round and we only had like uh, three few months runway left. And, uh, um, and this was expected from me yesterday. I'm sitting here. I'm actually... I'm feeling overwhelmed. Uh, there is so much to do. And uh, and and still at the moment, at the very moment, I was actually doing nothing. <laughs> okay. I and I was just getting stressed. Yeah, I was just getting stressed at trying to figure out how the hell should I do all these tasks. And that was a moment where I realized that uh, I wasn't really um I, I wasn't really able to manage. And I needed some, I needed to learn the superpower as to how do you really manage tasks. The to-do list is horrible at being a communicator. It doesn't really tell you what's actually important. The task that Sachin had, which was to share this MIS to his investors, was buried in the depths of his seemingly functional to-do list. He had to change his approach. Somehow. So, after consulting with a few executive coaches, he got an idea. Calendar is, is my super app. Enter the calendar. Such a super app. Now, just having a calendar isn't enough. You have to practically live in it. The way that I organize my day, it's through conversations and uh, by blocking chunks of, of, uh, of time for it, right? So, what Sachin is talking about is a concept called time chunking. So, time chunking is a technique where your calendar becomes your best friend. Say you have 10 tasks on your to-do list. The time chunking method will force you to convert these list items as chunks of time. You have to review a vision document for a new product. Block the slot from 3 o'clock to 3.15. You have to write the onboarding document for a new hire. Block the time from 3.30 to 4 p.m. And let me clarify, these aren't meetings. You aren't meeting a person and writing a document together. You're doing these tasks on your own. You're doing it solo, but you're marking the time for yourself and everyone else. It's a sign of mutual respect. In, in this remote first world, calendar is your way to interaction uh, with your colleagues. Google Calendar, it is organic now within the company because everyone just uses Google Calendar to manage uh, their time. Uh, they use uh, the calendar to block times to even like interact with people. And of course, this uh, the network effects is different in different teams. Uh, for example, in case of a product and tech team, uh, calendar is their superpower, for example. And just case in point, even if they have two are blocked as focus time, a uh, tech team. So it is blocked in their calendar. So if no one else can just go ahead and, and reserve a time slot for a call with them. So, and whenever they do it, they just get an auto decline, right? So, uh, those kind of things is, is actually coded uh, within the org and that happened organically because people uh, increasingly started using calendar as a tool to really block times, uh, right? And, and in a remote first world, like I said, calendar is a, is a very, very critical app in the remote first world because this is how... This is my access to interface with you. I, I'll first look at your calendar as to your availability because I can't just go walk into your desk and just interact with you, right? So those serendipitous interactions are now planned interactions and planned in this planned world. Calendar is a again a super app. 
the calendar becomes a part of the common language of the organization. The fabric, because in some organizations like Swiggy, the calendar isn't about getting your tasks done. It's how you talk to your colleagues. It's how you display your commitment, hold yourselves accountable. It makes time something that Arpita and Tara had struggles with. The fifth dimension, the intangible being, tangible into pixelated colored boxes on a screen. And while in some companies, the headers or titles of these meetings are kept on the default private mode, some organizations encourage people to have it on public mode, to let it out all in the open, to tell their colleagues that they're working on this thing or they're meeting with this person, to tell them how they've blocked their time and how much of it is occupied throughout their day. It's fascinating, right? What seemed as a simple way of task management became an opportunity to brag with your colleagues. Your calendar isn't just a calendar. It's your brag document. But wait a second, what happens when you go too far with time chunking? Is it really worth it? With with me and my wife, it is automatically built up, okay? Uh, like, I am not even kidding. Uh, we have... Uh, we we block our time on a weekend, okay? Uh, we have a common calendar. What are you saying? <laughs> so, yeah, we have a common calendar which says weekend and holidays. And she's also an entrepreneur, so she's also equally busy. So um, there's a common time, uh, so common calendar called weekends and holidays. And if we have a catch up with our friend, we block time on, on our calendar. So it's visible to, to us, right? And so I, I also do a lot of advising to startups uh, during Saturdays. So, so in order for her to plan something, uh, she needs to know of my availability. So uh, she just uh, blocks that time, and then uh, uh, she tells me, and then and, and just puts it on the calendar that uh, this Saturday I'm going to meet uh, my friend. Okay, uh, or today, like today at uh, at seven p.m. Uh, today at eight p.m. I have to go to a wedding. Uh, now she just put it on my calendar, and it's just easy because I know it's predictable. And and that just works for me, and uh, and and again. So the tool of choice is again. It's organic. It's it's network effects, right? Sachin Jaiswal became such a big devotee of the calendar after his Swiggy experience that he and his wife started time chunking their marriage, their personal time. Now whether that's a good thing or a bad thing is totally up to you to decide. But it was an important question to ask. The time that you devote to an organization, 8 to 10 hours, 5 days a week, also belongs to you. Should you time chunk your personal tasks as well? I, I do use color coding, just FYI. For example, my lunchtime is color coded as orange versus blue for the rest of the... Is it orange because of Swiggy's? <laughs> The good thing about uh, a remote world is uh, here, it is not necessarily the time that you give, but the accountability that you have for the tasks that you take up, which means that, uh, which means that uh, at the end of the day, it does not matter uh, as to the number of hours that you clock and the visibility that you give to the org, how long, uh, as to what duration you were available, whether you're not available in the office hours or not. It does not matter, right? But in this new world, what matters is that you have this task that needs to be done by, let's say, 10th November, okay? In case if you haven't 
been able to find time because of xyz reasons uh you will figure out time from everything else to make sure this gets done so in this remote first world uh the boundaries have blurred between the personal space and and the uh, office space and calendar is the manifestation of of that blurring boundaries sachin told me that the calendar shouldn't be over indexed as a sign of how hard working the person is as a manager he doesn't think that oh that's a loaded calendar they're such a hard worker but rather okay the calendar looks heavy and this person is responsible for this task why is it taking so much of time why is it still here the good thing is that accountability comes with time chunking on the to do list your task can fade to the bottom but with time chunks that 3 to 315 recurring event always bugs you reminds you that the task you've been putting off exists on your calendar sure you can cancel the event but can you really run away from time and of course just because somebody's calendar is filled doesn't mean that the work is getting done we're humans and we do have our slip ups and our off days we're not mechanized toys that will dance to the beat of the calendar the best sign that the work is getting done is when the work gets done which is why i wanted to know if sachin had any thoughts or feelings around the to do list so the reason i used to feel overwhelmed was because there were so many tasks to manage and not just at the task list on on the notes but also in my head if i have a lot of tasks to manage it is just going to consume my memory and i'll not be able to focus on on the moment as to what needs to be done at the moment and therefore uh i uh yeah i i i have i made a system that i'm just going to note down the tasks and that will help me get rid of the headache to um to just think about the task all day so that is how i saw note taking or task list to do list that is how i saw to do list came about okay and that purpose will always be there for me the purpose of to do list is now just taking it off my head on a piece of paper instead of getting overwhelmed by your never ending to do list time chunking helps you focus because you don't have to manage anything really you just do the task that's in your time slot the to do list approach is okay for note taking it helps you clear the cloud in your head and list down the tasks that you have but that's where its use ends that's where it dies for management of tasks for its execution for accountability of tasks with colleagues and your workers the calendar takes the cake See ultimately no system technique software tool or method is perfect be it the eisenhower matrix the pomodoro technique or even time chunking you just got to get stuff done without sinking in the illusion of control turning personal productivity into an art project and making sure that whatever system you follow allows you and your colleagues to work on it together to jam on things and also be accountable for what they do to allocate resources and own them too task plans are basically like diet plans the best ones are the ones that you can stick with but i don't know give time chunking a shot tell your colleagues about it too share this episode and tell me how it went my social media handles are in the show notes below but for now though i'll have to leave my calendar tells me 
it's time to take a nap. This was a podcast from the Ken. This episode of Cost to Company was written, hosted and produced by Shrivar Chotaria with audio engineering by Rajiv CN. If you have thoughts, feelings or episode ideas, write to us at podcast at the rate of the-ken.com. If you liked the podcast and want to know more, follow The Ken Web on Twitter, Instagram and LinkedIn. Next week, we have something a little different and special lined up for you. Next week, we'll be talking about the things businesses say when they lay off employees. How do they devise their announcements? What do those announcements really mean? What is being unsaid? And how should we read between the lines? It's going to be a slightly different episode and format from everything you've heard before. So tune in and we'll see you next week.